What's going on, guys? We hope all is well with each of you. Welcome back to another episode of The Playbook with Joey and Zach on WZBC and Sports Radio. To start off the episode, we'll recap the Celtics' electric sweep with the Brooklyn Nets and give our predictions for the rest of the NBA playoffs. After that, we'll break down our predictions for the NFL Draft, which is tomorrow night. I'm very excited. Uh, we'll give some mock drafts and highlight a few of our favorite players, some guys I might see as a sleeper, some guys I might see as a bust. Um, then we'll recap how the Bruins have done over the past few weeks and highlight our predictions for the NHL playoffs. Uh, we will have some time for some comments at the end, uh, so give me a text at 617-596-3150, 617-596-3150, to let me know you want to call in. After that, we'll uh, we'll connect on FaceTime audio and have you call in. I know we already got Mike Curley calling in, talking about the Let's Bruins. Uh, we okay? also, Big week coming up. intramural playoffs, we have to talk a little bit yeah, about we'll highlight that. Going. Softball, ball playoffs coming up, so. Yeah, we have a lot it's to discuss. A, a, big season. a ton. Tough ending of the football season, too, sorry to say. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to get into, so let's get right into it uh, with some Celtics talk. Uh, actually, we had a quick episode on uh, Saturday talking about, you know, Celtics being up 2-0, our predictions for the rest of the series. I thought the Celtics were going to win in five at that point, um, but that was absolutely nuts the last two games. Um, absolutely super proud of the team. Everyone really played well together, even with, you know, Tatum fouling out down the stretch of game four. Um you know, guys really stepped up. Grant Williams was huge for us. Um, and the defense was just a lot, I mean, just spectacular the entire series. I thought that was definitely a difference maker. I mean, Kevin Durant Kyrie said it themselves. Uh, it's by far the best defensive team in the league. Um, everyone matched up really well. Tatum and Grant Williams really held KD um, and really limited his stats throughout the series. Um, even in game four, probably his best game of the series, definitely his best game of the series. KD had 39, but that was on 30, uh, 13 for 31 field goals, which, I mean, you can hold KD to that. Uh, field goal percentage, whatever that leads up to. I mean, that's pretty spectacular. Um, and just to contain with that all series, it really goes to show how much uh, this team has improved defensively and how hard they play on both ends. Because, um, I mean, a lot of the games of the series, too, we haven't even shot that well. So uh, we got potential to get even hotter as we go throughout uh, the playoffs. Definitely pumped for the next round against the Bucks. So what are your thoughts on that series? Uh, one thing that was interesting to me was how well the Celtics role players played. Obviously, Grant Williams going into the season, everyone was – down on him for the most part. All of the Celtics, you know, fans on Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter and social media wanted him gone. And if you look at it, he was one of the best players too, on the team, the best role player on the team. I mean, oh, Robert Williams is very good. Uh, Derek White's very good. I think the most valuable role player right now was Grant Williams from that series. Payne Pritchett off the bench was Easy. electric as well. Um, but mm-hmm. I think Grant Williams played a huge factor. Obviously, I think everyone watching the game knows that. But I think he played a huge factor of the reason why Celtics, you know, swept them. Obviously, I think that you know could have won probably five or six games had he not been so hot off the bench. He was great on defense. Uh, he really did limit. He mm-hmm. limited, you know, whoever he was covering, whether it was Durant. Defense was great. Uh, three point shooting, Drummond, too. anyone. He limited. Uh, he mm-hmm. played great. Yeah, he can really grab the two through five. Absolutely, and that's the thing. I think the one he thing. Anyone, really. I think the one thing is also how great Peyton Pritchard played off the bench. I mean, these are guys in years past. It was really just Tatum and Brown in the playoffs, and we didn't really have that guy off the bench and come off and give a hot streak. You know, someone to get everyone going again, bring some life. Kind of like, I mean, when the mm-hmm. when the Lakers won, they just had guys come off the bench that, you know, were electric in 2020. KCP was in the starting lineup, but he was never really too much of a of a clutch player, but he was hitting big threes in big situations. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the team Williams, now, yeah. Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard making big guy. plays in big moments. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard was that game three, hit that step back three to really ice the game. I want to say it was game three, first time in Brooklyn. Um, that was huge. His shooting really stepped up, especially in that fourth quarter of that game three. He had a couple shots in the row to give us a big swing and take our lead from about a two-point lead to a seven-point lead. It was a big swing for us. And as you've mentioned, too, Grant Williams, which is absolutely unreal, especially from three-point, um, you know, this entire series. Game four closing out, he went four for six from deep. Uh, and his defense has just been unreal, too. Just uh, email, kind of throw him on whoever. And 
you know, he's up for the challenge. I think next series, assuming we play the Bucks, it's looking like it's going to happen. Uh, he's going to be a great matchup for Giannis. I think him and Rob Williams are going to be doing most of the work on Giannis. I think both of them have the, you know, physicality to be able to, I mean, at least give Giannis a battle on defense. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, but just absolutely psyched, kind of like you said about the way the role players play this entire series. Uh, I'm starting to feel a lot better about Rob Williams too. Seeing him come back in game three, he was a little bit shaky. Uh, you could tell his timing was a little bit off on, you know, offensive rebounds, putbacks, um, and all that jazz. Uh, but game four, he definitely looked a little bit more comfortable out there. Still restricted to, he played 14 minutes in game four. Um, but I definitely expect to see starting this Sunday, assuming the Bucks win tonight or on Friday, that would be game one. In uh, Boston. Yeah, game one in Boston. Uh, we can expect to see his minutes increase a little bit more. Uh, and I think it's going to come a bigger impact, especially defensively, uh, assuming we go against a team like the Buck, uh, a team like the Bucks. So I think that's definitely going to be huge. Um, and then I want to say too, actually, my player of the series uh, got to be Al Horford. He was just unreal this entire series. Uh, provided great leadership for the team. Was scoring. Uh, played defense really well. He had times where he, I mean, he was always kind of the guy that would come in a double KD, uh, Kyrie. He was always there. He was everywhere. He was uh, great on the glass. He, I mean, he. Beat out DeAndre Jordan in the series. Um, he was just incredible for the team. So I think he was the most important player for us. And it's great to have a veteran presence like him too. And also his three-point shooting was actually great throughout the series. Um, he shot – the worst shooting game he had was game three. He shot 50% from three. I mean, I think he just hit one for two that game. But 100, 150%, 60% shooting for three. So those are his splits. So, I mean, you can't ask for any better than that really. He always hit shots at the, uh, at the biggest moments for us, um, you know, mid-range three points. Yeah. Absolutely. I, think, going. I think game two, the interesting thing was in the fourth quarter, it was really just Pritchett and Jalen Brown just took over the game. Uh, that was in game mm-hmm. two. Obviously, we've recapped since then. Um, but I, I remember being at Fenway or whatever, and I was watching the end of Mark Walsh. And that was something I didn't talk about on the show on Saturday, which I wish I mentioned, was we have so many guys. I mean, obviously, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, people talk about taking over a game. But all our role players – put together can, you know, add up to another star. Like I was saying with the Clippers, mm-hmm. all their depth pieces yeah, every, everyone that adds up to a star. That's the thing, though. So I think I think with the Celtics, in years past, the role players were definitely an issue. Um, and that's the thing. I think when it comes to the Celtics this year, it seems like a different team. Obviously, they have the leadership. Um, obviously, guys are a little bit more old, are older now. Having now Horford back, having a veteran presence on the floor with like him, Marcus Smart. He's really uh, gelled into a veteran on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it definitely has a different feel to defense, it. too. Especially yeah. down the stretch of uh, Game 1. I know I already mentioned that in the last episode, but just the entire series, Garden Kyrie. Um, I mean, he played great. Yeah. Uh, just holding Kyrie to you know the way he shot um, so poorly throughout the whole entire series. A lot of that came from Marcus Smart's defense. Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. I think with the Celtics, you know, if we're going to play Milwaukee, which, you know, more likely than not, right? It's probably 95% mm-hmm. chance. Yeah, we'll I probably think I went tonight the Bucks. Yeah. I would think. Probably should. Um, Game five in Milwaukee. I know I was very critical of the Celtics beforehand. My friend Matt called in, which he was spot on. He, you know, I had him call in the Wednesday before Easter break. Obviously, he didn't record, unfortunately. But he came in with 25 minutes of straight facts and, and great analysis. And he was saying that it's easy because I was telling him I, I thought the Nets would win at six. And then he said, Rob Williams is coming back. I said, Nets in seven. Um, and, I, and I'm honest about being wrong about it. I mean, that's the thing about hot takes is you're not always going to be right. People know how I feel about the Clippers. You're not always going to be right about things. But the one thing, though, is like, you know, you're a Celtics fan. I was giving my honest opinion. With the Celtics winning, though, I guess it makes it that much better when they were – when I didn't expect them. I honestly – I did buy into Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, those two big names – Matt came on and said, it's very easy to buy into the big names and say, you know, Kevin Durant's the other team, so there's no chance we can win. And I'm, I was a victim of that 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he was spot on about it. He said, it's easy to win the game. 
And he's, he's had the Celtics in six originally, I think. Um, so he was a lot closer I than I was. I in six, too, um, originally. Then I switched to Celtics in five after game two. He had the Celtics in six. And my friend Timmy had Celtics in seven, I believe. And I had Nets in seven. Um, but that's the thing. I did definitely get too much involved, I guess, in the name game. And Kevin Durant did not look like Kevin Durant the first couple games, really. And the first game, things just went in and out on him. Second game didn't look mm-hmm. like him. Third game didn't look like him. I mean, a thousand free throws. There was a defense, too, though. Every single possession he was being um, – I mean, it was just – so physical a defense from Tatum, Grant Williams, and Horford, really. Um, they were in his face on every single possession, and they didn't give him a break. Uh, so I think a lot of credit has to come from the defense, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially in the whole playoff series, too. He's never had that kind of defense where he can't even get a clean shot off for pretty much the entire game. Yeah. I think just about everything he took was contest, uh, contested, give or take a couple of threes. That was the thing. We both highlighted that when I had him on. I said, you know, Kevin Durant's going to hit some of his shots. We know he's going to make a ton of ridiculous shots. But the, what you want to do is just let me slow him down, try to contain him, make every single shot he's to take hard on him. And I know after game one, game two, I started picking up this defense wasn't just a fluke thing. It was just they were playing great defense. It's a great system. Um, and then obviously mm-hmm. that showed later on in games three and four that even in crunch time when Durant usually killed us like last year and killed you know a, a, a bunch of games last year in the playoffs, not even just against the Celtics, but in general, he just took over games in the fourth quarter. And that's something he didn't mm-hmm. do, obviously, in this series uh, against the Celtics. But I give Durant credit. Uh, one thing I do give him credit is that he did show up a play this entire year. Obviously, James Harden had his issues, wanted out. Ben Simmons comes in, doesn't want to play game four, didn't want to play this season. Mm-hmm. Kyrie had his issues with the vaccine. Yeah, one there's thing a lot Durant, of noise, and Durant's been the only constant on that team. Yeah. He played. And I and I give a lot of credit. I know I talk, I've talked a ton on this show about, you know, a lot of my teams that I pick, um, whether it be like the Clippers like I've talked about before um, or, or even um, the New York Giants even, you know, back when we were really good, they just had a lot of dogs on that defense in 2011. It takes a team – obviously, to try to win games. And Durant really didn't have too much of a team around this whole year just because he had all the noise, like you were saying. And everything. Mm-hmm. So I give him credit for showing up and playing. I mean, Kyrie looked like he didn't want to he be there it, yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah, especially like game four. There. I mean, we saw that video of him walking in. He looked like he was just ready to get out of there before the game even started. So. It's like you walk into mm-hmm. class, you're not a fan of it. I think like, it was after game one. We just never saw the same energy from him again. You know, game one, he's flipping off the fans in the garden and everything. And then from after that point, we just never really saw him you know, really get into it. Yeah. Because he was unconscious in that game, coming down the stretch. I thought when he started hitting those ridiculous, yeah, yeah, he had 39. Those threes he was hitting in the fourth quarter were just ridiculous. I didn't think we were going to come out of that game on top, but uh, I think that was really a huge momentum shift for the series, finding a way to overcome that. And then, you know, the electric Tatum buzzer beater, um, that was a huge uh, confidence swing for the Celtics. And he was cold, uh, you know, over his last, the first game was he 39, but then the next three, 10 points, 6 points, 16 points, excuse me, and 20 points off 4 13, 6 of 17, 6 of 13 shooting. His three pointers were, were brutal in game uh, three, it was 0 for 7. Uh, mm-hmm. Only a couple of them were on mine. It wasn't even like they were in and out. A lot of Durant's shots, for the most part, good amount of them in the first game were in and out. Stuff just wasn't going down. Uh, Kyrie just did not have it. Uh, games two and three. I do think, to a certain extent, which I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan whatsoever, I yeah, do think to the extent that he is. Criticize my boss. I think we just gotta be happy with winning games and let it go. I don't understand the. Uh, I understand you're gonna criticize. I, I like the booze whenever he gets the ball. I mean, I think it gets to be a little too much. Let's just you know focus on the game and be happy with winning rather than just criticize us to the extent we are. I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan mm-hmm. whatsoever. I just thought that, I think Boston's gotta let it go at some point. You know, I, I'm not a fan of him. I, I was mm-hmm. I was always an Isaiah Thomas guy. Well, I think now it's gonna be different now that we beat them already in a title. Yeah. But I mean, last year he came. Oh, the, I don't like the last time he played, on, I mean, stepping on, stomping stomped on the last time he was the guard. So I think I'm this series, all the booing was deserved. I'm not giving him any excuses. I do think to a certain extent that we just got to let it go now at this point. I know well, it's after we swept them, it's a little different, but 
Last year, I mean, they were I'm sure they'll still balloon. So. They'll still balloon next year. But... I don't think it'll be to the same extent it was this series. You know, that was the first time we really faced him since uh, the Lucky incident. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of guys really getting heckled too much, which I've talked about before. Um, so I'm not too big of a fan of that. Um, I do yeah, not that I'm play. For, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think to a certain extent, it gets me too much. Um, obviously, slide. we he's gone. We're in a better team. We're a better team now than we would have been with him, I think, honestly, now. Definitely. So mm-hmm. I think things worked out for us. Ball um, movement, it's all different now. I mean, obviously, I don't. Yeah, I don't agree with him flipping off the Boston fans. I don't agree with him stepping on the logo. I don't agree with him, you know, saying you know all his, all his expletives out loud to the fans and everything. Um, but I think to a certain extent now we just got to let it go um, and just be happy that we beat him. I mean, Fenway that we yelling F Kyrie and all that, which I mean, I understand fans get into it and everything, but I think we got to let it go at some point personally. But I know mm-hmm. not every. I think that's going to be next year one. I, I mean, think, yeah. From now on, after we beat them, and you know, in the dramatic fashion that we did, four zero. Yeah, I think now it's going to be different now that hope, you know the yeah. Celtics kind of have control over the Nets. Because that was a whole storyline. I mean, even on ESPN every day, you know, it was always Kyrie versus the Celtics. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is mm-hmm. you know a dramatic figure on his own. I mean, it's obviously a lot of storylines you can get out of him. So that's why they talk about him a ton every single day. But it's always Kyrie versus Celtics. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, I always talk about it being a team game, which uh, which mm-hmm. which I've discussed in definitely. Um, is. I'd rather just be happy to beat the Nets rather than just being Kyrie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, one thing I was kind of shocked by is before Game Four, I remember he was. Uh, in a press conference, I think it was after a practice, and they were asking him, I mean, you've been here before, you were down through one of the Cavs, like, what are you going to take from this and uh, hope to come back? And he said something like, this is totally different, um, like we're in a tougher situation mm-hmm. or something like that. It just seemed yeah. like he had checked out completely almost, like he was preparing to lose. So, Which I don't like that either, that I'm like. not a fan of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know me and my teams have It's kind of like him, uh, his last year with the Celtics when we were playing the Bucks. all of a sudden, like Dropped we out. crushed him game one and then, Quit. Games two through five were awful, and yeah, he just kind of quit on the team. He must have been in that like. series or something. I, I've never seen a player just quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, whatever his deal was, mm-hmm. which who knows what it is. I mean, at the end yeah, of the day, ridiculous. you'll never know. He'll probably have a book one day because he's, you know, yeah, he's probably got a lot up, of right up his alley, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably he's write a, a book of stories just, uh, off the top of his head. Yeah, he's had a ton of stories, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously, so now the Celtics would probably play Milwaukee. It's looking like, um, which right now they're up by three one in the series. Yeah, game um, tonight. So. so it looks like they'll be playing Milwaukee. Milwaukee will probably close it out, and then uh, that's a big round two matchup. That's no two Middleton. tough teams. Yeah, no Chris Middleton, but still, Chris Middleton's I mean, a big that's loss. an extremely deep team in Milwaukee. Yeah, um, Pat Connaughton's been really good. Obviously, Giannis superstar in his own. I think the headline mm-hmm. in that series will probably be Giannis or. Jason Tatum, obviously, but I think the role players will play a big. Yeah, role I think it's really going to be our bench versus their bench at the end yeah. of the day. Which they have and a lot I, of talent. I mean, they do. I think they, they probably have. Bottom. We both pretty have. They probably have the two best benches in the NBA, realistically. I oh, mean. Clippers all day. I'm not even. I, oh, come I can't on. even argue that. I can't. I'm not even argue that that point. The Clippers actually best depth all in the year. They, they do they with 42 they and 40 without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Norman Powell? 42 and 40 in the West. You can say what you want about the West. It's impressive they were over 500 without their two best players. I mean, Kawhi. It's a good record, but you could say the same thing about the Celtics. They have the best depth. Come on, back dude. in 2018, when we got our best two players, oh, right? and God, we were dude. still what a three seed or if four, people don't think the Clippers have the best record, and, I mean, the best depth in the but NBA. We didn't have the best depth in the NBA that year. Clippers at 1,000 percent. I wouldn't even argue it. I, I wouldn't even argue. I don't think it's a question. Um, their depth is is unreal, and that's why Sam Presti highlighted he thinks the Clippers are going to win not just one championship, multiple championships, and that comes from Oklahoma City's yeah, GM, one of the most advanced GMs in the league because he's all about draft picks and everything's all about building for the future. He said that they're built to win. We'll see if um, it works out, though. I think they'll both that's be healthy next year, Kawhi and Paul George. I think the Clippers win next year, the NBA Finals, if they're all healthy. I know if they're all healthy. That's, that's a huge if, if they have um, Paul George and Kawhi. Big fan of that team, big fan of the way they play. I'm they stay healthy and stay together for an entire season. Yeah, Clips in 16 next year. Four, four straight sweeps. Clips in 16. 
I'm taking Clips at 16 next year. They're winning the NBA Finals. I got one of them out for at least months, and one of them not playing in the playoffs. So As long as they're healthy by the playoffs, I mean, if Kawhi came back this year, it would have been a different story, obviously. Um, Paul George had COVID the day of. Was just the way the series, the season went for the for the Clippers all year. Everyone was always hurt, but I don't I don't think it's arguable you know, uh, what team has a better bench. I think the Clippers by far are the best bench in the NBA. Best. Right, let's go back to the Celtics um, box. But Clips next year in sixteen, uh, you got my 2022-2023 NBA Finals predictions. Uh, give me Clippers the box. Right. Clippers. I know not box. Clippers. When I didn't have the box, I did, Clippers in general went right. in sixteen. Uh, legit dogs. I love that team. Absolute dogs. That Clipper mentality. It's unlike any other team. In, in All right, sports. let's go to the Celtics. Um, so, going to be a big matchup next series. Uh, like you said, Milwaukee, best depth in the league besides the Celtics and your Clips, I guess. Um, nice. But, I mean, there's just so many guys that can shoot the three ball. Um, I mean, they're just so talented. They play They play very similar to the Celtics besides, I mean, obviously Giannis. In terms of their ball movement and defense, uh, both are extremely sound. Um, I mean, Drew Holiday, he's a great point of guard. And I think him versus Marcus Smart is going to be a really interesting matchup. Probably the most interesting matchup of the entire series. Um, two great defensive point guards that, um, I mean, after this year with Marcus Smart's improved uh, ball movement and court vision and everything, I think they're kind of equal on both ends uh, in that sense. Uh, both good playmakers, both solid shooters uh, from deep. And then uh, the Bucks got plenty of big men, too. They got um, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Serge Ibaka. They got a bunch Pod of guys. Um, yeah, Pod Connaughton, if you want to call him that. Um, just ton of guys that can play that are big and physical, um, similar to the Celtics. Kind of rebounds, big, like yeah. six five, probably six six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does get boards too. Um, yeah, he gets in there. That's gonna be a good match with the Celtics for guys like Grant Williams, Al Horford, Tice. Definitely. Um, hopefully, Williams is back to being in the starting lineup next round. Um, so I think it's definitely gonna be a great series. Um, but my bet is gonna be Celtics in six. I think the Bucks are gonna give a bigger challenge to the Celtics just because of the way they're built. They play much more of a team game, which I think is gonna be harder for us to stop rather than just having to focus on two guys mainly. Um, but I still think we're the better team. We're deeper. We're uh, more hot right now. We really do have the best defense in the league. And it's, everyone's finally waking up and realizing that. Uh, so I'm taking the Celtics in six. Um, I'll go south in seven. Um, I think it'll be a good series. If Chris Middleton was playing. Um, they'd be a little bit different. Just I think Celtics might still win the series. Um, but the seven games would be very hot. I think mean, Celtics can win a couple games by more than a couple points. I know against the Nets, I thought the games we would win would be close games. Obviously, a lot of them were. Um, mm-hmm. I think these games yeah, every would be game close. close. Um, but I think without Chris Middleton, I think we can maybe pull away in a couple games. I think he's a big piece, obviously, the reason they won last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they don't really have any, they don't have any late-game scores besides Giannis now. Which and Middleton was great in, in the NBA Finals. He stepped up a couple mm-hmm. games. Yeah, he's a huge late-game scorer. So he had a couple really good only really having one legit option at the end of the game. It's just a guy that can say, go get a bucket. I mean, they really just have Giannis at this point. We got Tatum, Brown, are obviously A1 and A2. Um but, I mean, you got guys like Al Horford, we've seen him score. I mean, he's not going to create his own shot, but, uh, you know, Smart, Pritchard. I mean, the team's just so deep. We have so many guys that can score offensively. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the difference maker. And, actually, I want to change my prediction to Celtics in five. All right. Respect that. Um, I got Celtics in six. Uh, Celtics in seven, excuse me. Um, and, and, also, me and Zach, before the NBA playoffs started, um, after the top eight seeds were, were out, we both had our predictions. I think I had... This is before Middleton's injury, I believe, right now. Middleton got hurt in the series. I think he got game yeah, one, too. Um, so before Middleton's injury, I did have Milwaukee Bucks over Golden State in six games. I think Golden State's uh, the team to win the West right now. They're unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the way yeah, Minnesota plays. The right now too. Teams that play like the Clips left, Minnesota. I like the way Minnesota plays, but I think 
the Grizzlies just pay, play the exact same way as them. I mean, they're both two top physical teams. Uh, they'll love both young, the two paint. youngest teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But the Grizzlies just have a little bit more talent right now, so I think that's going to push them over the edge of this series, probably in seven games. Um, but either way, I had the Grizzlies in seven that series. Um, I mean, the T-Wolves got a lot of hard, uh, you know, tough players. Um, they played really well as a team as well. They're a scrappy Definitely. team. So. I mean, I got – yeah, I think I'll take the, the Timberwolves in seven still. Um, big fan of Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to be – I think he's the future of the NBA. I think he's the future MVP. Yeah, he's um, an unbelievable I think he's a future top five player in the league. Can score from anywhere, super athletic. He'll be a top ten player in the NBA in Plays my high. eyes. Within the next season or so, um, I think he has that ability. Um, electric, uh, down uh, down the floor, running with the ball down the lane. Great on defense. He hustles. Obviously very young. He's only 21 years old. Hilarious, too. Can shoot threes. He's a comedian. He's got a great personality. You can't not root for him. Um, I know going yeah, into the draft. Yeah, he's fun to watch. I mean, he's a likable guy, too. Oh, so he should have been. a fan of watching him. He should have been Rookie of the Year over LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball only won it because of his name. He also played, you know, third of 20 games less than Anthony Edwards did. Anthony Edwards had more points. No, it's not all about points. But the NBA, NFL, you know, MLB, it's always about who hits, who hits the most home runs, throws the most touchdowns, uh, who scores the most points. That's what, uh, what the awards mm-hmm. are always about. But obviously, they gave LaMelo Ball because of the name. Bit, yeah. And a popularity contest, too. And LaMelo Ball obviously wins that because everyone's been talking about his family since, you know, 2015, 16 because of mm-hmm. LaMelo. Ever since so, Lonzo was in high school. Right, LaMelo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me, Lonzo. Um, so that's the thing. I think he deserved that. But I mean, he said he's not all about a rookie of the year. He wants more than that. He wants an MVP. He wants to. He's not I, about I like that mentality. Awards. Yeah, he like wants that. to win the NBA Finals. He said, but um, you know, I think they asked him something about you know, were you down about losing uh, the rookie of the year? And he said he has, uh, his eyes on bigger things. And obviously, making the NBA playoffs with the Minnesota Timberwolves when they haven't made it for how many years? I mean, especially being competitive. Um, mm-hmm. they yeah, they haven't competitive been competitive in the playoffs forever. They were the eight seed a couple years ago versus the Rockets. I want to say that was twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's the last I remember. Um, and now, and now they're a really good team. In the bubble, so yeah. uh, very electric team. Excited to see how he does in the rest of the playoffs. Obviously, mm-hmm. even if they weren't losing, either way, I don't think the winner of that Grizzlies T Wolf series is getting past the Warriors. They're just too hot. Right the Warriors now. are too good. Watching Steph that Curry's team, unreal. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Jordan unbelievable. Poole. Jordan Poole became one of my new favorite unreal. players. Just watching him, uh, he's super talented, great shooter, can drive, makes good passes. I mean, he's just fun to watch. That guy too. Uh, so right now, I'm taking the Celtics Warriors in the finals. I originally had the Suns in seven when I made my bracket over the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, but I'm switching that up to Warriors in six. I think the Suns are struggling right now without D-Buck a little bit, but he'll be back in a couple weeks, so I definitely think they're still going to make the Western Conference Finals. Uh, and that would be a great matchup as well. I mean, two teams that played really well and have unbelievable ball moving and you know put up 150 points on any given night. Um, but I just think the Warriors have better shooting, um, and they're a little bit more deep than the Suns. But either way, it's going to be a great series. The Suns are a great team, too, and still a legit option to win um, the entire series. I mean, we saw Miles. I mean, just everyone on that team can um, step up and have a big night. We saw Mikal Bridges the other night. Uh, I want to say he had 31 points, taking down the Pelicans without Devin Booker um, in a super close game, too. That one really went down the stretch, um, and it was anyone's game at the end of that one. So right now i got Warriors coming out of the West, but I think the Suns have a legit shot to make it as well. Definitely. Uh, I think... My original prediction was in the West Conference Finals, Golden State or Phoenix in six. Um, if Devin Booker were to stay out, he'll be back at some point. He'll be back before the Western Conference Finals. Um, I think they win it handily, Golden State, um, even with or without him. Um, and my, my original prediction was Milwaukee in six over Golden State. I think Golden State right now, in my eyes, with how good their offense has been, obviously the Celtics defense, it'd be very cool to see the Celtics offense, or Celtics defense, excuse me, versus the Warriors offense because – Celtics have been playing very aggressive defense, obviously, and stopping mm-hmm. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is not an easy task whatsoever. But 
stopping Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson. Now those are all shooters rather than drivers. Um, it would definitely be a challenge. I think it'd be a really I mean, fun series. Kyrie to watch. and Katie are shooters too. They love driving down the lane more than more than uh, Clay Thompson does. Clay Thompson doesn't go yeah. down the lane too often. Um, that's the thing. So I think uh, right now I think Golden State is my favorite to win the NBA Finals. Um, with how good they've been playing, I think the Celtics versus them would be a very fun series. That'd be um, a great series. As I said, I had Milwaukee originally. I don't know. I'm not going to change my bracket too much. I guess I, as I said, I think the Celtics could win the series against Milwaukee in seven. So I guess in that case, it'd be Celtics versus either Philly or Miami. Um, I yeah, I don't even know. I, I, in the I Eastern like Conference Miami. Finals. I liked Philly heavily. I, I picked Philly originally, but Miami looks good even against a beat-up Atlanta team. Um, the way Philly is looking right now, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Raptors take that series. I know it's uh, 3-2 right now. Um, I think they're playing again tomorrow night, but I mean, just the way the Raptors dismantled Philly in their own home last night, I think it was last night. It was two nights ago. Two nights, I think, yeah. Um, I mean, it was just kind of embarrassing to see the Sixers just flop like that, and I think that's a huge momentum shift, especially for a young team like the Raptors. Um, who I've kind of been a fan of. I actually had the Sixers and Seven coming out of that series, I want to say. Um, no, Sixers and Six, my bad. Um, but just the way the momentum looks for that young Raptors team right now, I think they can make it out of that series. And then um, I think the Miami Heat, the way they look right now, I mean, they got so many guys, too. They're just built to have you know eight or nine different guys that can put up 15 points in any night. Uh, and all of them can play defense, too. With Victor Oladipo coming back, he's healthy. He's looked good last night. Uh, I think that Heat team is going to face the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, good series. It'll be a good matchup, rematch of the bubble. So Eastern Conference Finals again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be a good series. Obviously, the Celtics. Very different teams on both sides, though. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Very yeah, different matchup. Um, I think the Celtics obviously got to beat the Bucks first. That's why I wasn't making too many predictions. I think Golden State wins in West Ham today. I can say that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, either. I mean, yeah, we're going to have a tough series against the Bucks and hypothetically the Heat. I'm just saying, you know, based on my prediction of the Bucks series, Celtics in six. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, it's not a bad, not a bad prediction. Obviously, especially since um, it'd be great offense versus great defense. Uh, it'd be fun to watch. I was the NBA make a lot of money off it. I'm sure they'd be psyched. Steph Curry's mm-hmm. just unreal to watch. I mean, I was always critical, not critical of him. I was always a very good player. Um, I wasn't too big of a fan of just pulling up from half court because I mean he does make a lot of them, but when he misses, it's like, dude, you got to take five steps in, take ten steps in. But now mm-hmm. he, he drills. But then them, he starts making them. Okay, he drills it. I wasn't a fan if he misses, but if he drills it, I mean, what's you know, what's the problem? My brother Paul is the biggest fan of him, um, and I respect that. Steph's a great player and electric to watch, so it'd be a great NBA Finals to watch. Superstar, mm-hmm. obviously, he's been a superstar for Absolutely. ten years now, but mm-hmm. um, I'd be definitely excited to see how the Celtics fare against him too. and how he'd fare against the Celtics defense. I think it'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it'd be a really great match. It'd be back and forth the entire time. Yeah, um, I mean, you got great scores on both sides. Two, both teams play great defense. Both teams have great ball movement. Both teams are pretty deep. I said the Celtics have a better bench than them. Um, but either way, just a battle of superstars, yeah. Um, which is really what you want to see in the finals. I think that'd be an exciting matchup. And two new teams. I mean, obviously we saw Golden State, you know, five times in a row, 2015 through 2019. Um, but I think this series would be a little bit different. I mean, you got a new look Warriors team, obviously a Celtics team that hasn't made it since the Paul Pierce days. So I think it'd definitely be a refreshing finals matchup for NBA fans too, just in general. Definitely. Um, you got anything else to say? We move on to Jamiro's really quick um, before we get to the NFL draft. If you don't, yeah, you're on to Jamiro. So really uh, quick before yeah, we get to the NFL, we'll have a ton to talk about the NFL, obviously, and then Mike Curry about the Bruins. I'll talk about the NFL draft. Jamiro softball update: two and one record in the regular yeah, season. Let's go. Fifty to six win on Monday night was huge. Cruises Joey liked that shortstop. Come on, he <laughs> had five or six big plays. Actually, Jason Matry from BC Football came up to him after the game and said, uh, "I don't know if I can say it on the air, but he said good stuff." 
Yeah, it's a good stuff. I mean, I was talking to the dugout from the dugout. I was saying thank you to the umps or whatever. You know, their students. You know, the ump to games. I said thank you guys. Have a good night. Appreciate it, type of thing. And he lights was out. he was watching the other out. team because there were a couple of defensive backs that were playing. He wasn't, but um, mm-hmm. so he said to me, you know, hey, good game, one bro. Had a gun. Like, he said, good game. Yeah, one of them had a cannon. You were you were a victim of that <laughs> from right know. field. Yeah, I got sniped at third base. Uh, you know, some cannon gun of an arm. But anyways, <laughs> he ended up saying, hey, good game, bro. You play well out there. And I said thank you, bro. I appreciate it. And then I wasn't gonna run over to him. But I was like, dude, Jason Major said what's good. I got to go over. So I ran over and I was like, hey, dude, I'm a big fan of you at safety. Um, you know, I can't wait to have you back healthy next year. It's going to be, you know, a big season, obviously. And we went back and forth very, um, you know, very quickly for a minute or so. Um, talked about Rob DiLoretto, Everett High's football coach, um, who was the offensive assistant at the time. Now he's the head coach. He was the offensive assistant at the time when he was there. So we talked with him very quickly. Obviously, um, was a big fan of him. Who isn't? Rob DiLoretto is an absolute legend. Um, Corey DiLoretto, his son, is back in the lineup today. You know, these baseball needed him back. Um, been missing him heavily over the last seven or eight games or so now. Um, but yeah, it was cool having Major come over and say what's up. But as I said, I mean, everyone would say it was great plays. It's a team game, like Stellweg and softball, my Quincy games, um, which I talked a little bit about on Saturday um, mm-hmm. on our podcast. I, you know, I put it online. Um, a lot of them were saying after I made a couple plays, like, oh, dude, unreal defense, you know, MVP. Up. And I said, hey, yeah, you're a lifetime at shortstop in uh, the softball game. I mean, you had five or six big plays. <laughs> hey, the team price, game so. at the end of the day, we, we scored 15 runs. It and is. same thing in the Quincy game last week. I think we went 16 to 7 or whatever it was. And it's defense that wins games as a team, collective defense, yeah. collective offense. And I always say, if there's a ball within my direction whatsoever, I'm always going to dive. You know, it's the way I play. The clip is, everyone knows the way <laughs> I have style. I like my I like sports. That. Um, mm-hmm. And there was that ball up the middle. Uh, actually, both. Helped us out big time on defense. We only gave up six runs. One, uh, and you pitched great. I mean, you had a couple comebackers at you. Didn't walk any guys, really, except that one kid that wanted to walk. Um, he was trying yeah, to walk Will, that. obviously. He played a role in him striking out, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, that was big for the team. Which we needed. But that's the thing, though. I think at the end of the day, if there's any ball that's in my direction, there was one up the middle, in, in, which I was a, one of them was a rocket, like a one-bounce rocket in uh, the BC one. And I was kind of stuck my glove out um, through the ball at a first. And then, obviously, if you make a big play, everyone gets going. You need that energy. You need to get everyone going, especially when it's a close game. I think at the time, mm-hmm. the diving play of the middle in the fifth or sixth inning, we were already up. But it brings energy making big plays. So I always try my hardest. If I can get a ball, even knock it down, stop a base. You know, if it goes to the outfit, usually they get two bases sometimes. I always try to knock it down, at least try to stop them from getting two. But it's a team game at the end of the day. So um, I remember the Stellwagen last week. They were all saying you played unreal on defense and um, made some crazy plays and everything. But I always say, hey, we scored 15 runs. You know, we're a team. We're a team before we're an individual. So mm-hmm. um, I know you guys highlighted. You had a couple big hits too for us. So hey, I mean, no Barons was there. So someone time. had to get some hits. You were three. Yeah, someone had to step you up. You were three of five, three of four, two three of four, three of four. Three three four. four. There you go. Solid night. Mm-hmm. Jack Clarity had a couple big hits. Yeah, Jack we had some criticism for you two at, at the at the plate. You guys went six and eight together. Or yeah, six or, nine. Uh, star third baseman supposedly wanted to uh, cut you guys out. Of yeah, he wanted DH over me and Jack Flaherty, but. We stepped up this game. Six so. and nine together combined, which was great. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, what I was. was our room was pretty good. I think I was like three or five. Um, I think I got a base on mm-hmm. field stories once, but that doesn't yeah, count. Two games, ten and nine. So whatever that was, we got a base for nine times out of our fifteen at bats, which is pretty impressive. Um, so two games, ten and nine, well represented. Obviously with Dan, it'd be a better, uh, better be even match. Better, yeah, yeah, it'd, it'd be, be just as good. I mean, it'd be you know, probably fifteen for twenty or something. Definitely. So we got our playoffs next week. Brackets not out yet. We'll update you guys how that goes. Stellwagen softball. Last night, our game was canceled, unfortunately, because of the rain. I was psyched to be able to have a game, a game on a Tuesday, so I could recap it on a Wednesday. Unfortunately, the game was rained out, so not too much to update about Stellwig. But I told them they're always welcome to call in, so we'll talk about you know how they're mm-hmm. how we're doing That's games it. and how they're playing and everything at some point soon, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. Wiffle ball. Yeah, wiffle ball, too. Tomorrow night. Big playoff game tomorrow night. I won't be uh, there. Despite only having one regular season game because of inclement weather, we had two canceled. 
Yeah. In a quarterfinal playoff game tomorrow night, Dan Barron's has been throwing aces on the mound. Yeah, uh, he really keeps duty. the team in the game. I mean, our heading is solid, but I mean, Dan on the mound can't is score many runs. So. Yeah, it's tough because we play, we play right next to the Chestnut Hill Reservoir. It's ridiculous. You got the wind there, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, you can't throw a ball. You can't hit it. I mean, it goes like five feet. If you hit a pop fly in the air, it's going to come right back at you. So yeah, no, it's it's ridiculous. It's not even worth even trying at that point. Hmm. Yeah, can't try to, you can't even try to swing up. When Dan's on 96, right man, that's how you swing because the ball's going 1,000 miles an hour at you, too. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. going each which way. It's just nuts. Playing yeah. that kind of wind. Hey, that's the way Barron's Point plays. Right next to the road, too. If you ever throw, you got to run across, run through the car, go with the ball. It's stressful. So, yeah. see what happens. So I think we can pull it off. All we need is three wins, and the boys got a mug, so. Yeah, could use it. Can figure out something. I mean, softball, too, we'd have at most three games uh, to win the whole thing, so. Cool, Got to get a shot for one mug. We'll have to update everyone next week. And Definitely. Big week of intramural sports coming up. We've never won one, so this yeah. is huge for us. Um, absolutely. So, obviously, intramural fl- flag football, we actually just forfeited that game since we had uh, softball on the same night. Um, now we get some mm-hmm. NFL draft. Anything else you want to add? Or yeah, let's get into draft. NFL draft. Let's um, go I'm going to give a quick – so I've given two mock drafts, two top ten mock drafts over the last couple episodes, obviously two Wednesdays ago. Didn't record, so my last episode on Wednesday, on Saturday that we just recorded, I talked about who I had originally, and then my change pick. Now I'm going to give a quick rundown of my top, all, all 32. I'm not going to go in depth on every play since I've already done that for the most part of the top 10 at least. But I'm just going to quick rundown of who I think can go where. Um, number one, Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan, going to Jacksonville. I got number two, Trayvon Walker, edge rusher from Georgia, going to the Detroit Lions. I also did no trades in this. Uh, obviously, trades are going to happen, uh, but I think trades mm-hmm. and you try to predict trades against. Yeah, trying messy. to predict trades with the mock draft is impossible. So I don't do that. I'm not going to do that. So I'm just you know going with who I think is going to go where, pick wise, whether it's a team with a whether it's a team at let's say the Houston Texans taking Evan Neal at three off of the attack of Alabama, whether or not he goes there at three or they trade down, let's say at six and get him there, who knows. I mean, I, I think he goes there is, is what I'm saying. I'm not doing any trades. Um, fourth pick, I got Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati going to the New York Jets. I want him on the Giants. I think he's too good for the Jets to pass up, especially in that division where Tyreek Hill is now on, on Miami. The Bills have a ton of weapons. Obviously, the Patriots probably will draft another wide receiver at some point. Um, mm-hmm. They need a corner that's going to be a lockdown for that division. Yeah, especially Pass will probably grab a corner first round. Um, or wide out. I like, uh, what's his name, from Clemson. I'll figure I have it out. Him. I'll come back to it. Yeah, no, I have him actually. Andrew Boots' his name. I have him going yeah. uh, um, uh, Philadelphia at 18. Um, so Sauce Gardner, I think he's the best corner in this draft. Lockdown, I love him on the Giants. I think he goes four to uh, the Jets. The Jets pick's interesting, though, because I'm now reading that Mekhi Becton could be on his way out and might never play another game for the Jets. So in that case, they could even go uh, Ken McQuanu at four, and then Sauce Gardner falls to five to the Giants. I mean, it's going to be nuts. If the Giants could somehow land Sauce or Kayvon Thibodeau or Ken McQuanu, two of those three, I will be I will be in tears with how with, with how much story I'll have. I would love having two of those guys. So yeah, I, that'd I, be unreal for you guys. Those oh would yeah, be two huge picks. Could use it. So I got Sauce Gardner going four to the New York Jets. Fifth pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, Ed Rush from Oregon going to the Giants. I know he's got his personality issues. I think the Giants can't pass him up though. We obviously have our issues in the locker room. Kadarius Tony, uh, Odell in the past, Eli Apple, um, yeah, Janoris Jenkins. We've had our issues with guys in the locker room. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is too good to pass up. We've needed an edge rusher now for. Five years, so I think you got to take him there. Malik Willis, sixth overall, quarterback from Liberty, going to the Carolina Panthers. I don't think any quarterbacks worth the top ten pick. As I said, this will be the first draft if there's no quarterback in the top ten since 2013 that there's not a top ten quarterback uh, pick taken in the in the top ten, which would be interesting. But I do think uh, I think Malik Willis can go six to Carolina. Um, seven, I get a I get a Kemakwanu, NC State offensive tackle with the New York Giants. I would love that. I think he's the best tackle in this draft. Um, eight, Garrett Wilson, Ohio State wide receiver. 
Speedy, flashy, wide out, can make big plays, very versatile and agile uh, when it needs that. Obviously, Calvin really being out for the year. I got him going eight to the Atlanta Falcons. Nine, I got Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback uh, from LSU, going to the Seattle Seahawks. Ten, Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State, going to the New York Jets. The Jets obviously have their issues with Makai Becton. They've taken two straight years of offensive linemen, Elijah Veritaka last year um, in the first round, and then two years ago, Makai Becton. Um, and now this, I got them taking Charles Cross. I think he falls to 10 to them. And obviously, if Makai Becton's not going to play for them, they're going to need another tackle. 11, Jameson Williams, um, wide receiver Alabama, going 11 overall to the Washington football team, Washington Generals now, right? Washington Generals. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's a very good player, obviously. He had his injury um, within the college football playoffs. But I do think with how great of a player he is speed-wise, um, separation-wise, Washington needs that, especially if they're going to be trading. You know, I don't think they're going to trade Terry McLaurin, but he's been in trade talks, I guess. So um, if they were to trade him, they're going to need a wide out. And obviously, James Williams helps he spread over the top heavily, even if you keep T- uh, Terry McLaurin. Um, 12, Trent McDuffie. Surprise pick here. I've, I have him going to the Minnesota Vikings. Cornerback um, from Washington. Um, I think the thing with... Minnesota's they need a cornerback. They've needed one now for a few years, especially um, with their cornerbacks getting older like Patrick Peterson. Um, so I think they take Trent McDuffie. Surprise pick there at 12, but with Sauce Gardner being going, Derek Stingley Jr. is the best cornerback cor- uh, available. 13, Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame, going to the Texans. Uh, very versatile safety I've talked about. They need him. Um, 14, mm-hmm. Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia, going to the Baltimore Ravens. 15, Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. 16, Trevor Penning, not a tackle I'm a big fan of from Northern Iowa. Um, didn't have too great of uh, a combine showing. Um, he's gotten beat at times. Um, but New Orleans Saints need, need a tackle, and he very well could be uh, their pick at 16. 17, Jermaine Johnson, edge rush from Florida State, transfer from Georgia. Very good edge rush. I am falling to 17, um, just because I feel like there's a drop-off uh, within the talent from Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Some people are calling for him to go pretty high. I mean, yeah. I've seen a couple of mock drafts going top, top five. Yeah. yeah, the Giants. At one of them. I don't want him at, in the top Yeah, this ten. one right here I'm looking at. Yeah. We got him at seven. Not a big fan of that, uh, but who knows? He could be the pick. Um, Jermaine Johnson, as I said, 17 to the L.A. Chargers. Um, they obviously could use another edge rusher. I don't think they need one. I think if you draft him, though, with we're having Nicobe Dean going later on as well to the Buffalo Bills, you can't never have too much talent. You can never have too much talent on the defense. Obviously, the Chargers got Khalil Mack. Joey Boza, J.C. Jackson now in the offseason. If you had Jermaine Johnson on the edge rush, it's going to be wild. Um, so I, I have him going 17. Obviously need a defensive tackle, maybe another wideout, uh, but I have them taking seven, taking him at 17. 18, I got Andrew Booth Jr., cornerback from Clemson, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously Darius Slay's there. They could use another cornerback, hit step in, and be their second cornerback right away. Um, when you already have a, a great number one cornerback, your number two cornerback becomes your number three cornerback with the addition of Andrew Booth Jr. So you just have an even better number three cornerback than you would have mm-hmm. uh, before. So I think they take yeah, him. Yeah, that secondary. Very good guy. A very good cornerback uh, at Clemson. Started two years, I believe, off the top mm-hmm. of my head. They could use him. George Kyle Loftus, 19th overall pick. Ed Rush from Purdue. I have him going to the New Orleans Saints. Um, thing with Kyle Loftus, I saw him going top 10. Um, just like I had Tyler Lindebaum going top 10 in January. Uh, both of those guys fell out now, um, whether it was because of the combine, uh, just because the scent is not valued as much in Lindebaum's case. Um, I got Kyle Loftus going 19 overall to the New Orleans Saints. It would be a great pickup off the edge for them. They could use another pass rusher, obviously, with Cam Jordan getting older and obviously being a rebuilding team. Um, they definitely could use, which they could go quarterback too. I mean, there's a chance they could go quarterback, but um, I have them taking Kyle Loftus at 19. 20th overall, Kenny Pickett, quarterback, Pittsburgh, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Obviously, I'm not too big a fan of either quarterback. I think Willis is the best one out of them. Um, I think Pickett falls to 20. Pittsburgh guy going to the Pittsburgh Steelers um, would be a good pickup for them, obviously, um, with them losing Big Ben and 
really only having Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky as their quarterbacks, they could use mm-hmm. them. Yeah, um, they need to keep it bad. 21 overall, uh, very athletic linebacker, Devin Lloyd from Utah going to the New England Patriots. Uh, Patriots definitely could use either like linebacker, that. cornerback, wideout. It's going to be one of those three in my eyes. Even I, don't Johnson, I don't know if linebacker's their biggest need, but uh, I, I think mind. I think it's a need with guys getting old. Judon was in, was in, was not even uh, was not visible in the last six games of the season. Did nothing um, towards the end of the season, so you can never have too much uh, help there. And obviously, Donnie Hightower's getting older. Um, I think Devin Lloyd would be a great pickup. I think even Nicobe Dean, which I know Mike Curry's a big fan of, him, I think Nicobe Dean of Nicobe would be Dean. a great pickup. I'd love him. I'd rather, see, trade down. I'd rather see the pass going a uh, defensive back route. There's a chance. Now, I mean, there's a chance. I think wideouts more Dean likely. Um, obviously, a cornerback could be used. Um, Kyrie Elam would be a great pickup for them. If they were to get Lewis Seen, safety would be a great pickup. I'm a big fan of Lewis Seen in Everett, Massachusetts. Everett High football player, former Everett High football player in the draft from Georgia. So 20 I got Devin Lloyd going to the Patriots. Very good linebacker. I think it could be to Kobe Dean. I think Lloyd fits this Patriots system a little better. Uh, 22, Drake London, wide receiver from USC going to Green Bay. Green Bay needs another wide receiver. Obviously, with them trading, Devontae Adams, wide receiver is a huge need with Marquez Valdez Scantling leaving and them just having Allen Lazard and Sammy Watkins is their only wideouts. They need a wideout. I would be, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go two wideouts with their two first rounders. This is also, as a first year, they have eight. Eight teams have multiple first-round picks, and there's also eight teams without a first-round pick. Um, so that's actually the first time. It's an end of a record for both eight wow. teams with multiple first-rounders and eight teams without a first-rounder. So um, teams can actually double up. The, if Green Bay want to fix their wide receiver issues, they could go wide receiver, wide receiver, which I don't think they'll do. But it'd be electric if they did for, for Aaron Rodgers' case, since obviously now they got him mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah, that'd be cool to see two uh, big-name receivers come back to Green Definitely. Bay. Definitely. Um, yeah. 23, Arnold uh, Abekity, um going t- from Penn State to the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Arizona losing Chandler Jones. Devin could use another edge rusher now. Um, he'd be great off the edge. I mean, the Cardinals can go in multiple directions since they already have a quarterback. I know Kyle's, Kyle's had his issues. I think they keep him. Um, they lost Christian Kirk. I don't think wide receiver is too big of a need to know with DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green coming back. Um, I think they go edge here. They could use it. Maybe even use another guy in the secondary. 24 overall, Zion Johnson, offensive guard from Boston College. Obviously, we've highlighted him before. Mm, big fan uh, of him. I going, think he's extremely underrated. I think he's the first interior offensive lineman taken. Um, I have him going 24 to the Dallas Cowboys, who now need offensive line help. Yeah, they have him for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. Big fan of him. Uh, 25, Nicobe Dean. One of my favorite linebacks, one of my favorite plays in this draft, going to the Buffalo Bills. Um, you can never have too much talent on defense, and that defense would just be unreal. Um, and they'll need it since the AFC West has been stacking. For the mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills to get to the Super Bowl, they'll have to go through some team, the AFC West, realistically. Um, so they'll, you never have too much help in the defense. Um, 26, Tyler Lindebaum, center from Iowa, uh, going to the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, you know, they've had a very good offensive line over the last five years or so. But now with guys aging and guys moving on, they get their starting center for the next 10, 10 years or so. Lindebaum, one of the most uh, clean prospects um, in the draft. The problem is, though, centers are never going to be taken in the top 10, realistically. Yeah, they didn't so. get much love at all. So, um, so realistically, he was never going to go. Still a good pickup for them, though. Definitely. Could use them. I mean, one of the best O-line prospects in the draft. Definitely. Um, as long as he's a center. Could use him. So yeah. I got Kenyon Green uh, going 27 overall offensive guy, Texas A&M, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, my friend Tim Loftus said, uh, tell Brady to retire again. You never know. I think they're, <laughs> they're going to draft a uh, guy to help Brady out um, since obviously on the offensive line they lost one guy. Um, was it Moppet? Retired. Um, mm-hmm. Or Jensen. No, Moppet retired. Or Jensen retired. One of them retired. I think it was Moppet retired and isn't coming back. Um, so they could use an offensive lineman. Um, yep, he retired, Ali Moppet. So they could use a guard. I think he goes there. Um, to Tampa Bay, they could definitely use him. 28 overall, Christian Watson, wide receiver from North Dakota State. Um, bigger wide receiver, 6'4", 208. I have him going to Green Bay. Green Bay obviously needs wide receivers. I think they could double up, which I have them doing in this draft. 
Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but obviously the Rodgers, they would draft a wide receiver in the first round since God knows when. So if they were to double up on receiver, that'd be wild. Um, I could see them also going David Ojabo. I know he had his injury, um, but I think there's a chance he comes back later on in the season with the Achilles injury. And who knows, uh, they, they could use some help on their defense, especially with them cutting a couple of their defensive um, linemen since they need some money for cap space. Um, so they could definitely go on that route. Um, 29 overall, Traylon Burks, bigger wide receiver from Arkansas, 6'2", 225. Going to the Kansas City Chiefs, wide receiver needy now um, with them trading Tyree Kill, losing Byron Pringle. Um, obviously, Odell Beckham Jr., I think there's a chance he goes there too, so maybe they wouldn't even draft a wide off. They think he's coming, but um, I have them taking training on Burks. Lewis Seen, one of my favorite players to draft, hot-hitting safety, do it all from uh, Georgia, from Everett, Massachusetts. Very clean prospect. Started at Georgia this year. I'm a big fan of him. I have him going 30th overall to the Kansas City Chiefs. 31 overall, Kyrie Elam. Cornerback for Florida going to the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals could use offensive line help. I don't think there's anyone really here at 31 that's uh, worthy of that. If you know Lindebaum or Kenyon Green or uh, Zion Johnson were to fall, they'd take that. But I think they could use a corner, mm-hmm. especially with Eli out being the second corner. I think they could use better than that. So Kyrie Lamont of him going from Florida to the Cincinnati Bengals at 32 overall. Could be a quarterback. Um, there's a chance it could be Matt Corral. Chance it could be Desmond Ritter going to the Detroit Lions. I think they stick with Jared Goff for one more year, and I have them, or they could go any of those guys at 34. They have the 34th pick. So at 32, I have them taking Daxton Hill, improving that secondary, especially with them taking Jeff Okuda a couple years with him being hurt. That secondary needs some help. This is a guy that ran a 4-3 in high school, um, has a 43.6 vertical, um, inch vertical, and had a 4-1-3 shuttle um, out of the combine. So very athletic safety for Michigan. I have them going 32 overall to the Detroit Lions. Uh, That'd be a good pick for them, too. I mean, combining with, uh, who do you have a number two? Is it Thibodeau? Thibodeau. I have Trayvon Walker going uh, number two. Okay. I, I'm not really too big of a Trayvon Walker guy, but there's a lot of um, talk about him just because of athleticism going number two. So I have him going to the Detroit Lions. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I'll go through and get my top ten. Uh, so number one, I got Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's the best player in the draft, especially, um, you know, for a team with the Jags that, uh, you know, an addresser is a need for them right now. Uh, he's the most built prospect, 6'7", 260. Um, I mean, I just think he's the most, um, you know, NFL-ready build. I mean, just, uh, you know, his incredible size and length, I think scouts have been, you know, drooling over him for the last year or so. And I think it would be cool seeing him go from Michigan to Detroit. Uh, I think it just kind of makes sense. Oh, uh, no, uh, I messed that up. Um, Michigan to Jacksonville. Yeah, that's my fault. Um, and then number two, I got Kayvon Thibodeau uh, going to Detroit. Um, I think he's close to Hutchinson, but not quite the number one uh, edge rusher in the draft. Either way, um, he's a beast, and I I think he's the second best player in the draft. Um, and I think D-line's been a huge um, hit in this draft. Really. I mean, it's just so deep and rich with players. Uh, number three, I got Derek Stingley going to LSU, probably the best defensive back prospect in the draft. Um, I mean, just ever since he was a freshman, there's been you know so much hype around his name. Uh, I got him going number three. Four, I got Ahmad Gardner going to the New York Jets. Uh, he feels a need for them, and he's the best available um, at that position. Five, your Giants, I got them getting Evan Neal, getting a tackle that they need so badly. I wouldn't be against it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it'd help out you guys for sure. Uh, six, I got Trayvon Walker falling to the Carolina Panthers. Um, another guy that's really risen up in the last few weeks, but I just think um, you know, scouts are going to stick with Hutchinson and Thibodeau guys that have been you know so highly touted all year. Uh, seven back to the Giants. I got Jermaine Johnson. I think that's when we'll get picked up. Um, a solid defensive line prospect for you know you guys and the Giants. Uh, eight. I got Ikema Kwanwu, uh falling a little bit to number eight. The Falcons. Um, either way, still a great pickup for the team. Um, definitely gives them some much needed O line help. Um, you know as they move forward uh, to a future without Matt Ryan. 
Uh, and then number nine, I got Drake London to the Seahawks. Um, I mean, he, I think he's going to be the number one receiver in the draft. I don't think he's going to be a good pick. I just, I mean, only seeing one year of him being healthy, you know, and, you know, against a weaker Pac-12 this past season, I just don't think he's going to be end up being the best uh, prospect in the draft despite, you know, his size and, um, you know, the hype around him. Uh, and then number 10, I'm going to take the Jets grab in Garrett Wilson from uh, Ohio State. Uh, I think he's, you know, the most dynamic player uh, receiver in that draft class. So uh, definitely be a good pickup for them. Um, but, you know, really excited for tomorrow night. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, yeah. Can't see everyone lands. And I mean, I hope my Pats take um, Booth from Clemson. I think he's a great uh, defensive back prospect, especially now losing, you know, J.C. Jackson, uh, then losing Gilmore a year ago. Um, we can definitely use some help in our secondary, and I think Booth is an NFL-ready player. I think he could start from year one. Um, you know, typically Clemson guys are just kind of ready to go to the NFL by the time they get, you know, to be 22, 23 years old, and I think Booth is no different. I think he can, uh, you know, just come right in and make an impact in the, on the defense. So it's definitely something we need, too, you know, after that um, tough end of the season versus the Bills. We could have, you know, 400-something passing yards to Josh Allen that game. Uh, we could definitely use help in the secondary, so... Uh, that's my hope for the draft. We'll see where they go. Um, I hope we go either secondary or a wide receiver. I wouldn't mind to see. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing us try to grab a guy like Chris Olave from Ohio State, a receiver, uh, if he's still available. It's unlikely at that point. Um, never know, though. Yeah, you never know. Depends on the GM's eye. If one guy were to like, you know, London over him, one thing would be a top ten pick. That's the thing with him. But yeah, he could be anywhere from six to twenty, realistically. Or I think I'm from twenty two or something to Green Bay, whatever it is. But. Um, that's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you never know either way. We'll see. Um, really quick, give my ideal draft scenario for the Giants. Fifth pick, mm-hmm. Akemakwanu, offensive tackle from NC State. Came on Thibodeau, where to be there? I love Thibodeau, but I have Akemakwanu going five to the Giants uh, in my ideal scenario. Mala, best defensive tackle, offensive tackle, excuse me, in the draft. Started, as I said last week, um, started as a freshman, true freshman at NC State. Was the first one to do that since 2010. Um, so it'd be great to have him. Uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, big fan of him. Have him going seven to the Giants in my ideal draft scenario. 6'3". Um, only allowed, as I said last week, one catch for negative two yards against James Williams and allowed um, a quarterback rating of like in the 20s each of the last three years. So he's elite. Um, Ty Lindebaum going 36 to the Giants in my ideal scenario. Once again, don't think he gets a 36. Center from Iowa. Uh, if we could trade back and grab Zion Johnson or whatever, trade up, excuse me, to draft Zion Johnson at like 26, let's say. Obviously, he wouldn't have the 36th pick, but I'd love to grab an interior. That'd be a great draft class one. getting um, Conway and Zion Johnson. Oh, I mean, two great We need it, DJ. Then. We need it. Um, <laughs> that's the thing. So I got Tyler Lindemann's a guy as a top 10 pick in most mock drafts in, you know, up until January, February, and obviously by far is the best center in the draft, but obviously centers aren't too highly regarded in the draft, which is why it falls. Um, Nick Benito, edge rusher from Oklahoma, big fan of 6'3", 248, nine sacks in 2020, seven sacks in 2021, 15 tackles are lost in 2021, and 26 and a half over the last two years. Um, could be a very good edge rusher for the Giants. Obviously, the Giants need one. Um, we aren't getting one in our top three picks here. So him coming in would probably be right behind Lennon Williams and Ojalari being the third best edge rushers. What he kind of was in Oklahoma was very good um, in that role. Um, 81, Isaiah Likely, tight end of Coastal Carolina. Everett High alum, 6'4", 275. Not a great blocker, but can make big plays. I think Giants definitely could use him. I'm a big fan of him. Um, he's a name to keep your eye on. Tyquan Thornton, 6'2", uh, wide receiver from Baylor. Six, uh, I'm going to the Giants at 112. Uh, 62 receptions, 948 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. A lot of speed would be a steal for the Giants. Um, right at 428 at 6'2", which is nuts, and has arms that are 33 inches long. So Giants could use that wow. spread 
um, would be a great pickup. The prospect, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, 147, Sterling Weatherford, safety out of the University of Miami, Ohio. A Mac guy, strong, big hit, a 6'3", 225 safety. Not afraid to tackle in the open field. 98 tackles in 14 games as a sophomore in 2019. 66 in 12 games in 2021. Five and a half tackles for loss in 2019. Big fan of him. Hoping the Giants grab him at 147. At 173, Daniel Bellinger, tight end, San Diego State. 6'4", 255. 31 catches, 357 yards, two touchdowns, and 11 games in 2021. Best blocking tight end in the draft. The Giants have needed a blocking tight end because Saquon and Daniel Jones love running the options and going to the outside. They could use a guy mm-hmm. to seal the edge above him. He's got great hands as a pass catcher as well and runs a 4-6. So we don't need an elite, you know, rush, uh, athletic tight end like we had with Evan Ingram. It didn't really work out, uh, which I'm an mm. Evan Ingram guy, but we could use a blocker once in a while. Um, yeah, it helped you guys out for sure. You need some protection back there. So, definitely. Especially for Daniel Jones. Could use it. Um, last pick, Good 182. Right um, Yusuf Corker, safety from Kentucky. Unreal in the box, covers a ton in the run game, very physical and plays hard. Uh, played extremely hard against Iowa in the bowl game that I was watching. Eight tackles. Um, wraps up great, could be a special teamer as well. Um, 77, 74, and 82 total tackles in each of the last three years, respectively. Um, kind of embodies everything I like about the Clippers. He plays very hard, gives it his all. Uh, big fan of him. I love the Giants to grab him in the seventh round at 182, which it's unlikely we'll be there in the seventh, probably sixth round. Um, quick, really quick five guys. Keep your names on, uh, keep your uh, eyes on Zion McCollum, cornerback with Sam Houston. Third round production, 6'4, 205 tackles, 13 picks in five years at Sam Houston. They won the FCS championship two years ago now, um, and also had a couple touchdowns, um, returns. Very good cornerback. Would love the Giants to draft him in the third round, but he's a guy, he's a name to keep your eye on, just an FCS cornerback, a guy to, to look out for. Um, running backs at Sam McCormick, UTSA, San Antonio, um, 34 touchdowns with three seasons, 5'9", 205, uh, 1,479 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns in 2021, 1,467 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns in 2020. Fills up the stat sheet, obviously, but his speed, his ability to run as a power back as well, he can do it all. I would love the Giants to grab him. Um, Lewis Seen, saved from Georgia. Everett guys, I said earlier, started Georgia, 73 tackles in 15 games this year. Hot hitter, covers the field well, 6'1", 200 pounds. He's a good player. Great player. Can do it all. Um, Vilas Jones, wide receiver, Tennessee, 25 years old. reason why I, I highlight him, one of the older players in the draft. 122 receptions over six years in college and uh, just about 3,000 yards, just under. Very big fan of him. Kick, can do kickoff returns, punt returns. Um, he's also older, 25 years old. Hopefully he gets his shot in the NFL. Love to see him succeed in the NFL. Um, John Smith, cornerback from Holy Cross. Three interceptions and five deflections in seven games this year. Um and the reason why I highlight him, obviously, Holy Cross guy. Holy Cross doesn't have too many guys drafted. If he were to be drafted, he'd be seventh mm-hmm. round. But I think it'd be cool for him to be drafted. A name to keep your eye on. My last guy, Troy Anderson, linebacker from Montana State. All-conference pick as a quarterback in 2018 and a linebacker 2019-2021. going into the NFL as a linebacker. But the thing with him is that he played running back in college, played quarterback in college, Played uh, in linebacker, played everything, all three. He was also the 2021 wow. FCS Defensive Player of the Year, I believe. Um, got some award um, in that regard. So, very versatile player, name to keep your eye on. Very big fan of him. Look at, I'm looking forward to see where he goes in the draft. Um, his name is Troy yeah, Anderson, crazy. linebacker, Montana State. Does it all. Absolute wow. beauty. Does it all. One um, pass picking a guy like him up. Can do it all. I mean, they say no breaks uh, once uh, he triggers downhill, is, is what uh, the NFL. Uh, prospect. Um, right I like the sound of that. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. a bad one. I watched a little bit of his highlights. Anyway. Plays very hard. Had rushing touchdowns, um, uh, receiving touchdowns because he's out of the back as a running back. 
Guy can do it all, but he's going to be a linebacker in the NFL. Played quarterback as well, which is interesting. Oh, um, that's crazy. So, it's been all over the place. I mean, I think he was rookie of the year in his conference as well in the Big Sky Conference, which is cool. Um, so Sounds like a Bill Belichick kind of guy. Yeah, you never know. You, you never know. Third round or fourth round, where he's going to go. Um, I know you like Olave. Any other guy you want to keep your eye on? Um, um, definitely Olave, Booth. Um, I kind of like Devin Lloyd, as you said. Um, I think he's a really dynamic linebacker. Uh, easily, I mean, one of the top in the draft, if not number one, number two. Um Definitely those two guys. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, there's a couple other defensive backs to get deeper into the draft a little bit. Um, but right now my eye is totally set on Booth. I do think he's going to be available. Most of the mock drafts I'm seeing have him anywhere between 22 and, uh, you know, 30. Um, you know, with us at 23, I think that's our best shot. And uh, it seems like a lot of people are picking us to have him. Another guy I wouldn't mind is uh, Zion Johnson. I've seen a couple of mock drafts uh, taking the pass um, or having the pass take him. Uh, you know, keeping a player local, that'd be really cool. Just um, as a big fan of him, we could use some O-line help, um, you know, right now to help protect Matt Jones. Uh, so those are the few guys I definitely want to see. Um, I would love to hear one of their names get called during the draft. Albert Lindstrom, uh, Zion Johnson, Tyler Grable. Yeah, a lot of BC guys too. So All those guys. Hopefully we'll all the definitely be names. hearing Zion Johnson and uh, Alec Lindstrom. Hopefully. Well, Zion will be first round, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zion will be right first round. Four, fifth round, maybe. Very Lindstrom will probably be three. Third or fourth, then, yeah. Uh, yeah, Vrabel and Petrula probably five, six. six, yeah. So um, it'd be really chance. cool that four BC alignment will probably hear the name of the draft. At least three, I would think. Maybe, maybe a Patriots. Patriots haven't taken a BC guy since 2009, so it was a chance. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they signed uh, Jake Bird a couple years ago and didn't really pan out to Didn't draft. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I hope mm-hmm. they draft a guy. It'd be cool, yeah. I guess, going from there to the Patriots, obviously. Um, really quick, mm-hmm. Mike Curley, Colin, really quick, talk about the Bruins real quick. It was uh, his NBA draft, not NBA draft, excuse me, NFL draft predictions. I'm going to give him a call right now. Get Let's him get on the phones. Mike Curley, the sports guru. You guys all know him. You guys all love him. The absolute GOAT. Calling in. Here he is. Mike Curley, how are we doing? What's going on, Mike? Uh, we're good. We're good. What do we think? NFL draft or Bruins? What do you want to talk real quick? We had a couple minutes. Ooh, I, I always care more about the Bruins, but I don't want to We'll double both. Yeah, we can go for both. We can go both, yeah. Yeah, Bruins playoffs coming up. Uh, what do we want in the draft? I heard Kyle Booth and... Uh, yeah, I like Booth. Booth's good. Um, I like Booth. Nicole yeah. or Devin Lloyd? A receiver, too, maybe Chris Olave. I just want a Georgia guy or somebody fast. Just anyone fast at any position for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Olave, the receiver, if he uh, falls. Yeah, but I don't know if he'll be available. I'm scared of the, uh, all these guys with the 20 ACLs. Like, what's mm-hmm. his name there? Um, Jameson Williams? Oh, yeah, Jameson yeah, Williams, yeah. I'm afraid him, Mechie, I pick in. I don't know. I'd rather him just get someone fast. No injury history. Hopefully, Georgia guy. Just get, who's the other one? Quay Walker. He's a beast too. Oh, Quay Walker, absolute oh, yeah. beauty, dude. I think he's gonna be a second rounder, early second. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. Um, maybe a Patriot. You I never know. Dean. Dean, if I could pick my guy, I want Dean. But. Yeah, no, I, I get like that. Dean. I'm a fan of him. Quay Walker's a good linebacker, though. Um, there's a chance he goes to the Patriots. You never know. Yeah, he's got 20 great prospects in his hands. I know he's you're going to wait till day three again. I know you're bringing the Kobe Dean guy, so hopefully the Patriots get him for you. But is there anyone else you keep your eye on, uh, maybe in the later rounds? Um, obviously, I know you're a big Justin Ross guy. He'll be there maybe in the third round. Justin Ross and Pickens. I like those guys. Pickens, George okay. Pickens. I forgot about him. George Pickens. Yes. Second round. I mean, he's going to probably be the steal of the draft. Patriots, they're just going to get a young wide receiver who's actually good. I mean, right now they've got all guys from other teams pretty much and then I guess Jacoby Myers is halfway decent for a young guy but he was undrafted so mm-hmm. you, you yeah never really hit on any receivers, receivers in the top three rounds if you can 
all these teams have young guys coming in, putting up thousand yards, twenty touchdowns, or not twenty touchdowns, but you know. Yeah, either way, impressive stat lines. Yeah, we haven't really done that. We've got Nikhil Harry. Yeah, greatest first round pick of all time. Your boy Nikhil. Yeah, Uh, one guy though. I know you like you. You might University of Miami, Florida. Um, safeties, Bubba Bowles, and a guy that I would like the Giants to draft in the later rounds. Uh, plays very hard, physical, gets to the ball very quickly, um, gets very downhill, very fast. He'd be a guy, I think. I know you love your University of Miami guys. What did he say? Did Seen have the pick six in the championship for Georgia? Uh, I think he was blocking on that. I don't think he had the return. That was uh, Darion Kendrick or something? Who had that return? Yeah, it might have been Kendrick. I think Kendrick had the pick six. That sounds right. What's up? Darion Kendrick? Yeah, I think he did go for Clemson, Georgia, yes. Yes, he had a pick six, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was him, I'm pretty sure. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Hey, he scored the other night, though, Hall. He scored, but it was even strength. And he's been scoring ever since I called in to Felger and Madden and said the guy doesn't shoot. But he's only <laughs> a million miles an hour. On the power play, he has to make quick decisions, be more like Bergeron, Pashanayak, Mashan. They either make mm-hmm. the pass, make the shot. You can't just sit there and delay because then you lose the odd, you know, the odd man situation. The two-on-ones, the two-on-os. He's too slow. He's only good if he's skating fast. And on the power play, he's stationary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, one thing about the Bruins, though, is that right now they'd be matching up with the Carolina Hurricanes, right? Yeah. And that and Frederick Anderson will be out, correct? If they what? Is Frederick Anderson going to be out for that series, the goalie? Um, I don't know. I've heard everything from he's missing two games to he's missing the whole series. I'm not too concerned about him because they beat him when he was on Toronto in the playoffs a few times. But the concerning stat is we've been outscored 16-1 to in the regular season. I'm willing to throw it out. A couple mulligans. Rass played one of the games. Marshawn was suspended. I think Bergeron might have even missed one of the games, too. But we should be all right. Team defense is good. We just shut down best team in the league last night, best offense. Yeah, that was a big win. Panthers. Uh, yeah, they locked that up was good. good. Beat them down. I mean, Florida doesn't have much to play for. but mm-hmm. still, still a good winning. It's a good team. team. Yeah. How far you got the Bruins going in the playoffs? Let's go. Always. I love that. Let's go. <laughs> if you get, in hockey, if you get in, you can go on a run. Um, I actually think mm-hmm. the Bruins are fortunate if they end up in that Metro side. I know we've got some listeners who are uh, Flyers fans. The Metro is... Team E. Yeah. Shout out E. So if we end up playing Definitely. Carolina and we advance, then we'll either play Pittsburgh, Washington, or not Washington because they're going to be playing the Atlantic, but Pittsburgh or the Rangers and I think we match up well, especially with uh, the Rangers there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a good win against. Uh, so, solid win against them the other week. Have to play good teams no matter who. So, I mean, Don't want to play the Maple Leafs at all, dude. They're unreal. No, no, we'll beat them. We're fine. Dude, they've been Matthews, lighting it up. Hey, we own the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. Sixty goals, yeah, sixty goals for Austin Matthews in seventy-three games. These own the Leafs in the playoffs. I, 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 I understand that, but at the end of the day, though, um, I wouldn't want to face them with that offense. You know how you know how, like no, we have to get the team eventually if we want to win the top. Like, the the John Tavares though, 
John Tavares, if he's got that veteran, you know, the veteran leadership. Oh, easy, there. you know he's good. You even said he was good. You said he was good when we were at the game. Mismatch as a second line center, but he hasn't been nearly as dominant as he used to be. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's getting up there in age. They, you know, they're fast. They uh, good line rush team possess the puck, so it's a tough matchup for him there. He's going to be chasing around uh, Holland, Bashanak, and Hall. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so you see the Bruins winning the NHL Stanley Cup. Um, I think they definitely make a run too. I, I think. To I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, if they get hot at the right time, it's. Denver's Colorado, you think? Edmonton kid. Okay. No, terrible. Nope. Not Edmonton. McDavid. Dryside. Oh, come on. I wouldn't mind a uh, Bruins Blues re- uh, rematch. It's a legit mm-hmm. possibility. I'm almost afraid of it. Um, but the Blues are playing the Wild first round. I want the Wild to beat them. Carrillo the throw. That's going to be a good matchup. There you go, kid. <laughs> That's not a bad prediction. Um, so you got the Bruins over Colorado you have? Oh, Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. All right, All right I respect that. Uh, okay. The best chance to keep going is probably, it's probably Florida. Okay. Florida and Tampa, but Tampa's, mm-hmm. I don't know, two straight cops. Are they going to three? I don't think so. Hope not. You're right. Yeah, hope not. Mm-hmm. For, your, for our sake, your sake, I need the biggest Bruins fan. Stamkos, obviously, Vasilevsky. Uh, very good team. All around. Kucherov. All around, they're really good. So you got that prediction in. Patriots, you want a Kobe Dean at 24, is it? Right, the Patriots have the 24th pick? 21st. 21st pick. As I said, hey, Bubba Bolden, absolute dog. I'll send you his highlights later. Safety from Miami, big fan of him. Um, See where he goes in the draft. You want Sizzle. Hey, you want a T. Higgins in the draft. You're right. You want a T. Higgins. You were right. I wanted T. Higgins. They were talking about him today on the show. I said, they had my recording two, three years ago. Yeah, no, I get that for sure. Um, they could use you in the in the in the booth, kid, at ninety eight five. Throw you in there. Yeah, yeah they could, maybe they could use me in the GM spot. Yeah, they could. Dude, the I mean, Sox could use you. The Sox could use you right now in the bullpen, dude. Blowing games last night was ridiculous. They could probably use any of us right now. Yeah, anyone. They, they blew that game in the ninth inning. I right? my slow pitch. Ninth inning, Jake Deegan comes in, gives up three runs, pulls the lead, we lose the game. Seven through ninth innings of the Red Sox, a disaster. Get them down there. Yeah, the Boston Denver. Yeah, just taking over, bringing the Tampa Bay Rays budget style up here. Dude, honestly, that's that's what he's doing. And the sad thing is, like, we're a big market team. I don't know why he's playing like you know he's he's you know picking uh, players to sign the Baltimore Orioles, who have you know one of the smaller payrolls, like Tampa Bay, like you said. He has so much money to spend, he just doesn't do it on pitching. Spend it on pitching. Spend it on pitching. Well, he doesn't want to pay Devis. He hasn't paid Devis yet. He hasn't paid Bogarts yet. Oh, hand, hand it over to Devis. Devis, whatever he wants. Give him four hundred million. I don't care what he wants. Give him anything he wants. Make sure he's on your team forever too. He's the best. I mean, these guys are already World Series champions. You're right. Yeah. Not much more to accomplish. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. That's the thing. Anyways, well, one last thing. You got to make it. Yeah. Yeah. True. I've gone and won a World Series already. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. You got to win, obviously, to make more money. It's usually how it is. Guys win the World Series, like Anthony Rendon, then get a huge contract. Doesn't always work out. Really quick, though, I want to ask you, uh, what do you think about the Celtics? How far do you think they're going to make a run? Obviously, they beat the Brooklyn Nets at four. Uh, 
because I should be ashamed to hear this, but I didn't actually watch any. Although, oh, you no. know my take. I, don't, I do not believe in Durant. I don't believe in Kyrie. I did the Celtics in the best series. I didn't think it would be mm-hmm. a sweep. But yeah, I done too. These but... guys are quitters. These guys, these NBA divas, they quit when their team's down. Mm-hmm. Um, All I want to do is play hero ball too, that team. Should be a good series against the Bucks if the Bucks, you know, take the cake tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll probably happen. For a little revenge? I don't know. I think the Celtics mm-hmm. I love that. out, right, for the Bucks. So yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely think it's going to be a close series either way. I mean, I bet every game will be within, you know, five, ten points. They're favorite. They're not underdogs. They're favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first time in a while that's happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, what do you got, though? How many games? South and how many? Uh, seven. All right, okay. that's what I, like I got. That. South and seven, actually. Yeah, court seven, we'll take them in seven. Yep. I like, I like it. that. Hey. Them out of home. Oh, 100 times a game. Oh, easy. 20 a game, probably, yep. just like Durant. They always we'll do that. We'll be three, two, bring Scott Foster back again. Yep, they always do that. That's the way the NBA Same nowadays. Um, hey, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on, though. Truly a yeah, pleasure always having on. you. Appreciate Thank it. you for coming on talking about the Bruins, NFL Draft, the Red Sox, and the Celtics. You covered it all in just about 10 minutes. So thank you, Mike. Always a pleasure. Hey, the NFL Draft. Yeah. I, I cut down the college baseball. Uh, there's right? so much going on right I now. I didn't do any, any college season. baseball. And you know me in college baseball. You know me in college hockey. Both of those being gone, there's a lot, lot more uh, time. But the NFL Draft is too much. I have to make it a nightly show. Hey, next yeah, time. Hey, well, you come in the studio. But hey, thank you, Mike. Appreciate it, kid. Thanks, Mike. Have a good night. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Sports guru right there. Um, One guy I forgot to mention really quick, Bailey Zapp, quarterback, Western Kentucky, threw the most touchdowns in a single season in college football history. Was very good. He's wide receiver, too. I forget his name. Another guy to keep your name eye on. I don't I forget his name off the top of my head. Another one, Dustin Crum, quarterback, Kent State. A Mac guy. Very good. Mac player of the year two times, I believe, off the top of my head. Um, we'll have to see where he goes on draft. Very high on him. Wouldn't mind him as a backup on the Giants. Um, yeah. So yeah. there you go. We had our whole draft prediction. Yeah, wow. That was a pretty action-packed episode. Um, yeah, yeah. But that will wrap it up for another week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Obviously, it's a pleasure being out here and talking sports. You know, today there's so much going on. Celtics, Bruins, NFL draft coming up tomorrow night. Uh, it's a big season, so thank you guys for listening to us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening in. Uh, Delisa, the O'Malley family, uh, the Mazio family, the Brennan family, Mike Curley, sports guru, for calling in. Yeah, thank my you, family, Mike, my too. friends, Mark Walsh, a legend. Um, thank you guys all so much for listening. Uh, the Keith family as well. Um, you guys are always listening in. Means a ton. My uncle, the whole Stellwagen softball team, shout out all of them as well. Um, thank you guys so much for always listening in. Means a ton to me. Means a ton to both of us. Uh, we really mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, um, sure. Looking forward to being back next Wednesday night, which I don't know how many more. We'll do at least a couple more probably um, before. Yeah, we'll probably have at least two more, and then it'll be summer. So we'll probably have you know just occasional more. episodes over the summer. Yeah, we'll, we'll go figure something out. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for listening See in. See how everything goes. Um, and as I've said before in the past, our thoughts and prayers with the Ukraine, praying for peace. Obviously, things. Uh, still going crazy there. So I thought to prison with them um, and their families and, and all the children and everyone there. So hopefully mm-hmm. things get better soon. We're praying for peace um, and paying, uh, and uh, praying and our thoughts of prison with them. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have a good night. Stay safe and well. Um, take it easy. We'll be, we'll be back on next week.